0: Good morning and happy July 4th uh, to each one of you. And it is our nation's uh, 245th anniversary. And uh, it's a, it seems quite a long time uh, for a nation uh, to be free. 245 years. If you think about it, it's just 12 generations. And uh, what a uh, blessed nation that we are uh, as, as the United States of America. And we're excited to celebrate. Uh, maybe you are. Uh, out of town traveling today and uh, maybe you're uh, with family and friends or just uh, with yourself uh, for the holiday but uh, we hope you have a safe and happy July 4th and uh, or so as we celebrate our nation's history we have so much to be thankful for uh, as a nation. God has richly blessed the United States. It's the richest and most powerful nation in the world and it uh, has a wonderfully rich uh, history Uh, And a a great spiritual history, God has done amazing things. It was founded by the pilgrims and the Puritans as they came over and uh, uh, were seeking religious freedom and having the opportunity to worship uh, God uh, without uh, government intervention. Uh, Two of the greatest uh, religious revivals in all of history are known as the first and second Great Awakenings uh, occurred here in the United States Uh, Reverend uh, John Witherspoon, a Presbyterian minister, uh, was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, and almost all the forefathers extolled Christianity and its morality. It was the teachings of Christ that was the basis uh, for the end of our country's national disgrace of slavery. Uh, And you think about it, it was devoted Christians who lobbied endlessly to abolish slavery. My Country Tis of Thee was written by a Baptist minister, uh, Samuel Francis Smith. The Pledge of Allegiance was written in 1892 by a Baptist minister, Francis Bellamy. Uh, The words, In God We Trust, are traced to the efforts of Reverend uh, W.R. Watkinson. And God has truly shed his grace on the United States of America. And there's reason for it. In fact, if you think about those early forefathers, uh, Many of them uh, claimed a faith in Jesus Christ, and uh, they prayed, they, they went to the throne of God in, in prayer. They, they stood uh, uh, on the pulpits of their, uh, their cities and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, when we were a young country, the Frenchman uh, Alexis de uh, Tewksville visited the United States and he was trying to discover what made America great. What was it that stood out about America? He traveled across the vast land looking for its greatness in its harbors and rivers, its fertile fields and boundless forests. He studied the schools, its military, uh, its Congress, its Constitution. But still, he could not find the secret. It was not until he went into the churches and heard its pulpits aflame with righteousness that he found the answer. When he returned to Europe, he wrote, America is great because America... Good, and if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Sadly, our country has gone a long way from uh, its foundation and uh, the emphasis it was placed on God and freedom. And if you travel to our nation's capital, and almost every major uh, governmental building, uh, monument uh, has some testament towards God and our relationship. Uh, to God as our Creator. Sadly, our country has, has far gone from that and uh, the Ten Commandments that used to be posted in every courtroom and every courthouse around the nation, uh, every uh, house of Congress uh, in each state have been removed. Uh, prayer has been removed uh, from all public places and, uh, and it's really uh, it's sad to see uh, the, the state of decline in our nation has taken violence, crime, abortion, immorality, drunkenness, pornography, government corruption is rampant uh, all across our nation today, and uh, we're fighting amongst ourselves. In fact, uh, it's been said, we're all our own worst enemy, and, and we're not going to be defeated from without, but rather from within, and we're seeing uh, the beginnings of that all uh, today. If you look at what it means to be an American and how God has blessed our nation think about for just a moment the foundation that we have on biblical principles and the the relationship that we have with uh, Jesus Christ. And the motto that says, in God we trust, uh, that's on our uh, currency today, that's on our coins, on our dollar bills, uh, the motto uh, is no longer true because our nation as a whole does not believe in God. Our, Our nation is so far from God. And Uh, Our nation has has gone so far from those early days. Let's look at the Word of God because I believe that it speaks truth into this moment in our lives. If you look at Psalm 33, beginning in verse 12, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man from where he sits enthroned. He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Let's go to Lord in prayer on this July 4th Sunday. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of opening your word and knowing that it speaks truth into our lives. Lord, we pray on this day as we celebrate our nation's anniversary, God, we would not take the freedoms that we have for granted. God, I pray as Christians and Americans, Lord, that we would be thankful Uh, for uh, those who who have given their lives for our freedoms and made possible, uh, Lord, the the greatest country that's ever existed on the the earth. Lord, I pray that we would uh, learn to respect and reverence our relationship with you, God. And Lord, would you speak to our hearts this morning and draw us back in right relationship with you. We'll be careful to praise you for what you're gonna accomplish. In your name we pray, amen let's look at what it means to have a reverence for god if you look at verse 18 it says behold the eye of the lord is on those who fear him the idea of hearing of fearing god in the bible encompasses two ideas one is a fear of judgment of willful sin Uh, and the other and in hebrews chapter 10 verse 30 it says for we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The second form, though, is, is, is more the common phrase, the fear of the Lord. And it's used throughout the Bible in an idea of reverence and respect for the things, of, for God and the, and the things of God. And our nation desperately needs to return to that reverence for the things of God. Today in our culture we've gone far beyond disrespect to outright blasphemy, and and you know people are often today are talking about hey we want to get rid of the flag we want to get rid of the pledge of allegiance we want to get rid of all these things but folks ultimately when you don't respect God you don't respect anything else in our society in our culture ordinary people uh, ordinary people's speech is. Uh, are are constantly saying, they'll say GD this or GD that, and they're using the name of God in vain. And, you know, we're talking about our our culture. It's okay to insult Christians and and God, but don't dare insult uh, another person's faith. And folks, the reality is this morning, we've turned away from God. We've turned away from that reverence and respect for God and the house of God. And even people who claim to be Christians often laugh and mock about God and mock the church and, and people who know better and have had a relationship or, or some have been introduced to Christ at some level uh, he's more than just a man upstairs he's just more he's more than the big guy in the sky the old testament refers to the names of God and it talks about El Shaddai or almighty one El Roy the God who sees Folks, Jesus Christ is the God of all the universe. He's the God of all gods, the king of all kings. When we gather to worship him, let's remember that he is our father. Hallowed be his name, the the word of God says. He's the almighty one. He's our righteousness. He sees our hearts. And folks, he is our judge. We'll one day stand before God. He's the only one living and true God, the only one worthy of our reference. So if if reverence for God is to return to our nation, it'll happen with God's people. In fact, judgment begins, the Word of God says, in the house of God. The best place to start is when we gather for worship. Place a priority on the reverence of God. and, And it ought to be something that as we gather for worship, we're praying, expecting God to do something. Not showing up for a performance or a show, but we're expecting God to work in our lives and, 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 and putting aside the, the distractions of our week and focusing on worshiping God. There must be a reverence for God. There must be a dependence upon God. Look at verse 21. It says, For our heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. When we learn to depend upon God, what we're saying is, I can't do this life apart from God. And folks, if that's not where we should be living this morning, I don't know what is. We are to be so dependent upon God that we wouldn't even think of making a major life decision without uh, covering it in prayer and, and being on our knees in prayer, asking God's favor and asking for his direction, for wisdom. And and Proverbs is, is filled with references to depending upon God and walking with God and, uh, and having that reverence for God. If we have the people of God in our country would learn to depend upon God instead of worldly things, uh, maybe verse 12 would apply. It says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. When you look about our great nation and how much God has blessed it over the years, I believe for so many years it's been because. The people of God have stood on the principles of God and, and, and depended upon God. We've prayed and and cried out to God for for wisdom and direction. And um, you think about many of our nation's uh, forefathers and leaders that stood on uh, on the principles of God's word. Verses thirteen through fifteen reminds us that the Lord takes note of a country's regard for Him. Look at verse thirteen. It says, "The Lord looks down from heaven and He sees all the children of man." From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the heart of them all and observes all their deeds. God is watching the nations. He's watching all the people of the earth and he's weighing them in the balance. And if God is their Lord, the word of God says they'll be blessed. If not, uh, no matter how strong they are, they're going to face God's judgment and his wrath. Nations and people think that the source of their power might be in their military. And we're blessed to have one of the greatest militaries on the face of the earth. But Verse 16 and 17 says, the king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by his great might, it cannot rescue just substitute modern modern words here for these ancient terms there's no president prime minister sovereign or dictator that can have that can be saved by a, a big army it's not military strength what, did you remember the story of gideon his 300 men Uh, destroyed the enemy that was much, much larger than them because God was on his side. Folks, if we think about it, God is the one who gives us the victory. The psalmist goes on to say, he says, uh, those who fear him, those who hope in his steadfast love, he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. There have been uh, Uh, evil, violent, despicable people in our nation's history, right alongside those who are desiring to fear the Lord and and want to put the things of God first. Those who love God have often protected our country uh, from the destruction. Uh, Just as God would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah had He found just a few righteous people. And and we know that if you've read that passage of Scripture, if there would be just 20 righteous, just 10 righteous, and and there's been many people that have stood in the gap for our nation. Never will every American be a a, a God-fearing Christian. We know that. But every Christian ought to live... Uh, with a certain fear and reverence and dependence upon God and pray that he would use us to be the salt and light in our country as we hold back the the forces of evil in our nation. We have formidable enemies. Some are external, some are internal. Uh, The the war against terror has not been won. Uh, There are still nations that seek to destroy us. ISIS still wants to destroy us. Uh, all of these forces are, are, are want to see the nation of, uh, of the United States of America destroyed. Russia is on the rise again. China is on the rise in the east. They're flexing their muscles and seeing what they can get. Iran is, is flexing its muscles and trying to see what they can get away with. But you know what? Our most dangerous enemies are internal. For the U.S. Uh, to be number one in the world in violent crime... Teen pregnancies, abortions, illegal drug use, divorce, all of these things. Folks, morality has been thrown out the window. And it's every person is doing what is right in our own eyes. The answer is not more education. The answer is not more government uh, programs, uh, more government spending, it's not a greater investment in science and technology or psychology. Those things are not going to save our nation. In fact, you can give all of the money in the world that you could possibly amass to the people of, of the United States of America, and it's not going to solve our problems. The problem is a moral crisis that can only be found through a right relationship with God, our Creator. We need to turn back to God. We need a, a great awakening once again. And Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. In June of 1910, a man named Steeple Jack Miller, known as the human fly, went to Los Angeles where... He announced on a certain day he was going to climb the face of a large department store building uh, in the city. Thousands of people gathered to watch him perform his seemingly impossible feat. Slowly and carefully, he made his way upward, clinging uh, to a a jutting brick or next to a cornice, and he would grab different parts of the building to hold on. And up and up, he went getting almost to the top. He was seen... uh, Uh, He was seen to feel uh, to the right and then to the left. And then uh, above his head, he would keep reaching for more support. And as soon as he he seemed to spy what looked like a gray bit of stone, and, and he was reaching for it, and he couldn't quite get it. So he leapt to get it, and he fell to his death. They said that whenever they recovered his body from the road down below, they said that it was a spider web that he had leapt for. The thought was a, a stone and he leapt for it and it was deceiving. What a lesson for us to stop and think, you know, you see, we need human effort. We, we uh, have our part in trying to meet the challenges of this life. But folks, it's all in vain if we ignore the rock of Christ Jesus. He is the one who sustains us in the greatest trials We've just come through one of the most horrific years as far as our nation facing a pandemic, and yet the rock of Christ Jesus is still solid. It's still secure. When the storms of life come our way, the rock of Christ Jesus is our, is our uh, foundation. And, and and we think about it, what a what a perfect lesson for the child of God. We need a dependence upon God. We need a reverence for God. We need to lastly hope in His unfailing love. You look at verse 18, it says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His steadfast love. And then verse 22 says, Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. The Hebrew word translated hope in verse 18 and 22 it literally means to cast one's care on another. In other words, I'm going to place my confidence in Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose again victoriously. The psalmist is saying we should cast ourselves upon the steadfast love of God. Many of our nation's problems can be traced back to a lack of hope. In fact, the poverty that, that, that is rampant in our nations today. Poor people often turn to crime because they don't see a way out. They don't see any hope. Minority young people often join gangs because they feel trapped in a cycle of, of poverty and depravity. They see no hope. Depressed people often turn to drugs and alcohol and suicide because they think there is no hope. But the Bible is a book of hope. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. In fact, Psalm 43, verse 5 says, Why aren't you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed hope has as its object the lord in his unfailing love and prayer where we find hope see during the dark days of the american revolution when the the continental army had experienced several setbacks a farmer lived near the battlefield uh, approached washington's camp without being seen or heard suddenly his ears called an earnest voice raised in agonizing prayer Coming near, he saw it, was the great General George Washington himself. Down on his knees in the snow, his cheeks wet with tears, he was asking God for assistance and guidance. The farmer crept away and returned home. He said to his family, it's going to be all right. We're going to win this war. They said, what makes you think so? He said, I heard George Washington pray out in the woods today. Search fervent prayer. I have never heard. And God will surely hear and answer that kind of prayer. The farmer was right. It happened because George Washington put his hope in God. What about you and I this morning? What about where is our hope? We need to return to a right reverence for the things of God that he needs to be first place in our lives with all of the things that are distractions around us. And, And think about the last year and a half, the things that have distracted us, and often it's kind of focused everything back on what is most important, the priorities of our lives. We need to get back to that reverence of the things of God. This will reflect in our actions and how we view the world around us. We also need a fresh dependence upon God. He is worthy of our worship, of our prayer, of our praise. So we talk about depending upon God. We ought to Uh, prove it in the way we live our lives. I'm depending on God, His strength, and His help in my time of trial. I'm not relying on my own strength, on my own uh, health, on my own financial being, or my smarts, or whatever. I'm going to rely on the God of heaven. We need to look to Him for wisdom, strength, and direction. Are you hoping in God's unfailing love this morning Whoever, whatever you're going through in life, whatever you're facing in this life, you can be assured of God's unfailing love. His steadfast love will be with you through every problem in life if you'll simply trust in Him. This July 4th weekend, let me encourage you to dig into that relationship with God. May there be a, a conscious renewal of, of, of relationship of, God, I want you to have first place. I want your blessings upon my life. I want your, blessi- your blessings upon my, my church, and my city. I want your blessings upon our nation. And I'm going to do my part as a follower of Jesus Christ to point others toward a right relationship with Jesus this July 4th. May you have a safe and happy uh, july 4th and as we close in prayer let's pray that god would use us to be a greater influence on our city in our nation heavenly father thank you for the privilege of coming to your house this morning uh virtually and lord as we gather uh in our homes and we we listen to the word of god preach this morning god may it encourage us that blessed is the nation whose god is the lord lord do you help us to return to those things of, of god and uh, be committed to that relationship with you. Help us to have a healthy fear and reverence for the things of God and, Lord, to learn to depend upon you. Lord, Lord, learn to look to you for strength and for help in our time of need. Help us to have hope in your love and, God, knowing that no matter what happens in this life, knowing that you hold the the, uh, the future. And, God, we know that you, you're, you care about our every need. Every need that we face this morning, you are in control of God and your sovereign and holy Lord we ask for your blessings help us to be a witness and testimony to those we come in contact with may we point others in our city in our community to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and we'll be careful to praise you for what you're going to accomplish in your name we pray amen church family be safe this July 4th and uh, we hope to see you next Sunday